Hey everyone, and welcome to episode three of Get Cynical Season 4 on Crack.com. This time we are talking about, we're continuing to talk about the golden era of the website, and specifically we're talking about the video content on the website. Cracked always had video content running side to side with the written articles, as we've discussed in episode one. But they really, really expanded as the site grew and became more popular. There were about like five or six different shows that were running at this point, And it's just going to expand more and more as the pivot to video era really kicks off. We're going to talk about a few of them here. Let's start with Does Not Compute. Because Does Not Compute is just a continuation of Cracked TV from episode one. It is hosted by Michael Swaim. It is basically just the same format as the original one, just Michael Swaim looking at internet videos and viral videos. What did you all think of this one? It sucks ass. It's, um, yeah, it's it's not good. I mean, I, I've had a bit of affection for Crack TV. Like, when we talked about it a couple episodes ago, I was like, oh, it's not the worst thing. Like, Swaim's got some, like, decent, you know improv guide chops this for whatever reason is just like noticeably worse than crack tv there's way more like cutaway gags that just like take up half the episode he doesn't yes. find as interesting stuff typically whereas the the whole idea of like the you know crack tv ones is that they were listicles in video form it's like the seven most blank here it'll be very often that he'll just like find one thing and try to riff on it for six minutes and it's like you don't have the jokes for that. You don't have the ability to like stretch it out that much. No, it's it's really not as good. I'm glad I'm not alone there. I do respect how mean spirited some of them got. Like the the there's one called the greatest overreaction on YouTube since the double rainbow. And it's just him being mean to this like 13 year old kid on YouTube for like yeah. 10 minutes straight. It's a kid who just like found a shiny Pokemon and was like, you know, kind of annoyingly overexcited about it but it's like I, I don't know would anyone have noticed this video would anyone have like cared about it if you hadn't just like spent 10 minutes like talking about how this is like the you know the stupidest gayest kid of all time no absolutely it's so funny it's just this like little kid just like freaking out and the whole time like Michael Swain's just like you're a fucking loser you should be doing <laughs> things r real kids should be doing like you know, like making bugs fight or whatever. It's it's almost impressively mean-spirited. And then you said, like, there's another one called Five People Who Are Way Too Good at Crappy Jobs. And you just said, this is just a human interest segment on the local news, but with, like, added cutaway jokes. Yeah, it's like, here's people who, um, like, do competitive, uh, like, bartending or, like, pizza making or whatnot. And it's like, there's such a thin veneer of like, look at this crazy random internet shit when it's like, no, this is stuff that has been around for like decades as just like, you know, local man wins bartending competition. Um, it really bottom of the barrel stuff. The material is not there to sustain this shit. No, not at all. You said the one called why hipster bands shouldn't be allowed to use a YouTube caused an argument in your dorm. Please, please fill me in on this. Yes. Um, so I mentioned, I think, in our first episode that one of my roommates in college was a huge crack.com guy, the, the military gentleman. And he would like just watch uh, crack.com videos on like the living room TV of our dorm. Another of the guys in our dorm was a huge Dan Deacon fan. 
And when, like, Dan Deacon, like, catches strays in, like, the second uh, half of this episode, they genuinely got really upset at each other. It's like, how dare you insult Dan Deacon? How dare you insult Cracked? And, like, they mended that fence, but it genuinely took them a while. And it was, like, the tensest that that dorm room ever was of, you know, (laughs) are you standing with Dan Deacon or with Michael Swaim? That's so funny, too. Like, when I saw that, like, the first one was just some, like, hipster, like, you know, Christian band. It was like, oh, this is just some indie folk asshole that they found. Yeah. And then the second one is literally fucking Dan Deacon, who is, like, very popular and very successful. And it was like, it's like, man, reasons why rappers shouldn't be allowed to use SoundCloud. And the first one is just some, like, random 16-year-old they found where the, the gain is cranked all the way up. Yeah. And then the second one is just Lil Uzi Vert or something. <laughs> yeah. like, Look at these fucking assholes. It's also just like so horrifically outdated in terms of like that video came from I think like 2013 and yeah. um like the making fun of hipster jokes were like already played out you know in kind of the late 2000s um like they they just like throw off a mention to the arcade fire here and it's like you're talking about Reflector the arcade fire yeah. that nobody ever fucking listened to at this point I listened to Reflector I like the title track on Reflector. It's a good title. The title track's good. Yeah, I like the Orpheus song. Anyway. Orpheus Yeah, no. All right. Uh, we are now a podcast about appreciating Reflector. Yeah, just Reflector, though. I think Funeral sucks. But... <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's just... It, it's the same thing, but worse. The recurring thing I'm going to say in this section is, why are these scripted? Because, like, all of these videos including the ones that are okay, they have like the the air of bad improv about them. Mm-hmm. And it's like improv always feels like it's fun for the people doing it, but not for the people watching it. What all of these are on the other hand is like, this is like badly scripted in a way that feels like bad improv. And it probably would have been funnier if they just let like these people riff or whatever, or just, you know, not doing this. It feels to me like the the contrast that I draw immediately, um, obviously there's like the huge instant Tosh.0 comparison, but like that guy has presumably a whole writer's room, right? Um, The contrast here is more to like Ray Williams Johnson, where it's like, that's also scripted and it's also just like doing corny reactions to like vaguely weird internet clips. But those reactions are always so minimal in terms of like, wow, this one's gay and fail. Um, whereas like Swaim and does not compute will just like show five seconds of a clip and then be like, okay, I now have 90 seconds of like really over scripted riffs to react to that with. The, what this reminded me of, and I mean this entirely as an insult is that it reminds me of fucking critical on YouTube who does the same shit where he'll watch internet videos and riff on them. Yeah. He is not scripting out his shit and he is, and again, I do not mean this as a compliment to fucking critical. He is funnier than this. No, Esther and I are huge fans of him for exactly oh. one clip. Yes, okay. Yes. Um, it's it's the one where, uh, what's that guy's name? Sneeko was like pointing guns at him. And he just like replies by being like, you imbecile. Those are not clips. Those are mags. And just pulling out a bunch of guns himself. <laughs> and just doing like logic pedant stuff while pointing assault rifles at the camera. The, these videos... Were there any others that stood out to you? It's also dated, like you said, like uh, the most needlessly sexual Asian TV ad. That one starts with the a title card that just feels like, oh, push this back further in time. 
and it's it's the first episode of this and after like an opening segment where he does like the clippy thing again um and it's with like a corny like chinese american youtuber who's like doing you know like ironic blackface and whatnot he just says uh that shit was funnier than does not compute by the way that that, the racist asian yeah (laughs) doing blackface he has a title card that says japanese people sure are and then like a word that's been gradually phased out of online humor you know (laughs) Pops up a lot. Pop that word that that word pops up a lot in this. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very much like as we go further in time, it's gonna be interesting to sort of like plot out like uh the decline of that certain word that starts with R, which is like really omnipresent at this point, but like, you know, by the time you get to the late twenty tens, it's a little like kind of it's been scolded away by um, you know, the rise of like a very specific kind of pop feminism and, you know, pop social justice stuff. And now, at this point, like... Making a comeback. Yeah, it's making a comeback. Um, you know, the Dime Square scene is doing their absolute best back, for that yeah. word. I do mean we. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Anyways, for you two, were there any others in Does Not Compute that stood out? I, I'm wondering why he's a robot now. Um, that's kind of a conceptual change from Crack TV. Yeah. Is that now he's playing a character. His character is that he's a robot. Um, which doesn't really hardly ever factor into any of the jokes. And I'm just, I'm very curious why he made that creative decision and why he thought it would be like, all right, this is, this is the big hook for the reboot. I mean, what it really resulted in is like the, the most unpleasant opening sequence of all time. Yeah. Where he's got like a Terminator (laughs) face and waving furiously as like, uh, you know, a, a, a JPEG of his face, like doing like a you know really wide smile gets lowered onto it yeah he'll just do like a joke or two every episode where he's like aha i am a robot i have no genitals um and i'm not sure who any of that's for yeah no i always like even as a teenage cracked fan i remember that crack tv was better than does not compute like i remember that so i'm glad that like 12 year old me had like one opinion that uh what is it held up so yeah it's not good it's it's mostly just a continuation and deterioration of the original video series i think it's also just they used all of their best material for crack tv like there there are no upsetting simpsons tattoos and videos in this anymore like some of them are from like the 50s or it's just like old psas it's like you've lost the plot so much as far as like we're reacting to bizarre internet videos yeah, they're they're reacting to the to the ad of like the the golf club that you can like pee into or whatever. It's like that's something that like my dad showed me or whatever. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so let's move on instead to the startup, which is a show hosted by I mean Swaim's involved again. I think it's Cody Johnston and Kathy Stoll are the recurring members of this. And when I say bad improv, this you cannot convince me this was scripted because this is really 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 rough yeah this is the worst thing that i've watched for crack.com so far yep yeah um the the premise basically is that like you know it tells you at the start of each episode like the the global financial crash could be traced to one company these are their chat logs so it's like you know, uh, Skype recordings of, like, a tech startup that, you know, is, is sort of making fun of how, like, oh, startups don't even have any products anymore, and they're just, like, trying to make money for the sake of money and not even doing anything. 
But they they realize very quickly, it seems, that they have, like, two episodes worth of, like, material for that. And the rest of it is just, like, oh, this character is annoying in this specific way for this specific episode now. Like, this guy, like, won't shut up about conspiracies for one episode. Or, like, the woman won't shut up about, like, vapid fashion stuff. Um, and, and that's all it is. It's just, like, characters being annoying for five minutes while, like, the other characters riff and say, like, wow, you sure are annoying this episode. Uh, yeah, I, again, it's Michael Swaim. He's doing, like, the same shtick as before. He's just, like, a, a slimy CEO. In theory, that should be better, but, like, there's no direction for any of these people. There's no idea of where to take their characters. They're, they're barely even characters. Like, what is Cody Johnson doing other than looking like someone just, like, put down his dog in front of him for the entirety of the show? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that there's a couple of, like, interesting things going on with the characterization here. Because um, th- this is, like, definitely putting the cart before the horse. But have you ever seen any of Some More News? Uh, I have not seen some more news. It's what Cody Johnston and Katie Stoll are doing right now. It's Okay, it's, I have not seen that. Yeah, it's basically sort of like uh, last week tonight, but the episodes are like two hours and they have a lot of like, you know, crack.com cutaway gags. Um, but like, yeah, it's I've, I've seen like a couple of those. They're like, you know, not the most offensive thing if you just want to like... Uh, have something on in the background while you're doing something else and you get to hear like sort of correct political opinions and you don't have to like focus too much on the annoying jokes but like both cody and katie are like 40 at this point and their characters are both uh like you know constantly talking like this all the time uh just for like the the purpose of like you know desperately trying to wring out comedy out of material that's not funny but like you look at them 10 years back and it's like cody's character in this i think is supposed to be that he's like the hip stoner burnout guy and Katie's character is that she's like the the vapid pretty whore but like it's so sad to just see both of them like chart that course of like well we can't inhabit those characters anymore so I guess we're both like wacky quirky newsmen now I I really want to compare these series to what the onion did when the pivot to video era really kicked off because yeah that shit ruled the the Onion made some of the funniest fucking video content in internet history doing like, that. Judge Appraisal is one of the funniest things of all time. Sex TV. Sex TV is so fucking yeah, funny. They, they absolutely knocked it out of the park, man. There was a period in the mid-2010s where the AV Club in general was just fucking cooking. Mm-hmm. And The Onion was doing the best with that. But this is very, like, knockoff version of that. Like, we, we, we don't know comedy writing. We know comedy... And we know writing, but we don't know comedy writing. And that's what the vibe I get from some of these are. Especially in the episode, which you uh, you all highlighted, how not to get away with sexual harassment. Yeah. It's, it's very clear that, like, when they don't have outside material to riff on, there's just, like, nothing fucking there. If they're not, like, showing you a clip of something weird or telling you, like, five weird historical facts or, like, talking about an existing pop culture piece... They just have fucking nothing. They need to be referential. They haven't figured out how to do comedy that isn't referential. Yeah. And there's the episode, uh, how not to get away with sexual harassment is they have a guest on and the sexual, and like they started by implying that the, the Katie Willard character is like into this guy. And then he starts like aggressively sexually harassing her over the course of this zoom call 
and uh, it gets so intense that like everyone just quits it and that's that's the entire episode it's not it's not very funny it's just a little uncomfortable it, it feels like a really offensive like family guy cutaway gag basically it just yeah. like makes everyone feel worse watching it yeah it just just to to talk about how little of a presence or an impact she has, I do just want to note that you have called Katie Stoll both Kathy Stoll and Katie Willer during this episode so far. Oh yeah, Katie Stoll. Okay, well yeah, <laughs> she did not make much I, of an uh, impression on you. <laughs> no, she did not. I in fact I like had to check to make sure she wasn't just Katie Willard again. Yeah, but <laughs> no, it's it's Katie Stoll. <laughs> Whoops. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm off my ball. I'm sorry, woman. Um, <laughs> that is her character. It's just woman. Um, speaking of woman, can we talk about the Katie Willard experience? Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, so this is the one that is hosted as a loose term because like, there's no recurring connective tissue here, right? It is just like sketches that Katie decided would be funny to do. Um, and we're going to talk about Katie later in the, the context of Cracked After Hours, just sort of like the flagship of this era. But this just feels like sketch videos that she was already sort of doing that then got sort of like, okay, well, you have this footage. Let's just like put it up on the website. Um, I, I, I got to say, out of all the ones we watched, this one was the least bad. I didn't watch all of it, so maybe some of the the one some of the other episodes got really dire, but this offended me the least out of all the stuff we watched just because it felt like they had an actual concept for it. So, uh, of the ones you watched, which ones um which one or ones are you talking about as like not that bad? So, I watched the Why Women Are Better in Sports uh, according to movies. I think it's mm-hmm. like women are always better at sports in movies than men. This one is not good. I will say uh, I, I I cherish the comments. So I didn't look at the comments for many of these, but you, you, you told me to look at the comments on the sports one. And yeah, do we want to read some of these suckers out what they what they think about? Katie? Yes. Esther, would you like to read these? Katie Willard is amazing and exceedingly attractive. Katie Willard is the one woman that makes me want to question my sexuality at times. Yes, I am not a male. Uh, I am female. <laughs> the, the, way, the way the woman, like the five women in the comments section were always dragged down to talking like the men in the, in the comments sections is really, really grim. I cannot stop laughing my ass off. I'm beginning to think that Katie is my spirit animal. Katie Ugh. is hot. I don't know why. Jesus, she makes me horny. I shouldn't be saying this publicly. Is the the glasses? The attitude? I'm sorry. Worst part, I'm not being ironic. I'm not intending to end this paragraph with a funny comeback. I just, I suck at this. The male BPD Redditor wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Whatever. I, I want to jack off to this woman, but everyone <laughs> leaves me anyway. <laughs> I think I finally figured out what weirds me out about Katie. She has a lunch lady chin. Not a what double the fuck? chin. Just the chin of a lunch lady. That's so cruel. What the <laughs> hell? I kind of want to be Katie's pair of wit pants. Damn, she has a sweet ass. I want to be clear here. Katie Wheeler is an extremely like normal looking woman who has bangs yeah. and glasses. And at, at this point in history, 
that was just like a ticket to having men be as sexually deranged about you as physically possible. All these comments yeah. are like, damn, I don't know what it Ugh. is about this normal looking woman that's making my free boner so hard. Even though yeah. she's ugly. <laughs> like that that is the subtext of all of this, is like even though this this, you know, disgusting thing is on the screen, for some yeah. reason I'm becoming aroused. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it, what it is about this woman who is telling jokes that is making me so fucking horny, but I, I just gotta let her know in the comments of the video. I feel bad for her. Yeah, <laughs> I feel bad for her because like you, you do. This get is the worse sense. than death threats. <laughs> yes. There's a comment in here that just says, "Girl power, assault." Dot dot dot. <laughs> what did they mean by that? This is significantly worse than any comment Zoe Quinn got. This yeah. is like, this is so much worse than any Gamergate shit. Like, I would rather have a guy send me, like, a photo of his fucking flaccid penis than uh, type this shit at me. It's so much more spine tingling. Esther, here's one that just, like, talks about, because, um, you know, uh, the video is about, like, why women are always better than men in sports movies specifically. Here's one that talks about basketball specifically, because that's the game that they're playing in the video. Um, that Esther and I, I think we should like unpack this just a, a tiny little bit. Let's, let's hear it. As a Hoosier, I must point out that Katie is a female version of Reggie Miller. That's right, lesbians, buys, and heterosexual males rejoice. There is now a female Reggie Miller. Uh, let's send pic- let's send Spencer a picture of Reggie Miller. Yeah, just like let's uh because I think the impl- right. the implication here is that I think Reggie Miller is so attractive. Finally, a female version. Uh, <laughs> That's the Reggie Miller. Like. This re- this reminds me of like the forty five year old snow bunnies you see on Twitter that like post pictures of Eminem how he looks like now and just being like he's so fucking hot. So fu-. Yeah. Also, how is she a female version of Reggie Miller? Uh, <laughs> That's the meat. There's a, a certain elephant in the room. <laughs> if, if someone said that about me, I would kill myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There is one joke in this video that I genuinely laughed at, which is at the very end. It's like there's Katie and then like a stunt double, like a guy who like was an obvious, like, you know, really poorly concealed on purpose uh, stunt double for her, uh, for like a dunking joke. And they just start like walking away from the court hand in hand. And like the last shot of the video is um, they've been slowly walking like toward a chain link fence and not toward a hole in it. And they just start like climbing up it like slowly and awkwardly. And that made me laugh, right? That's That is really funny. That is actually a very funny idea. Yeah, like th- that would be a joke that would be in like a better sketch having come before it. Um but yeah, like I mean so what what I'll say about like Katie is that like it's clear that she could have been like a solid um like comedy troupe person if she had shown up in episodes of like you know sketch shows that like people like like um kian peel or um i think you should leave like i don't think she would be like distractingly on a lower level than anyone else there no Um, she would be like the standout at like a ucb night or something exactly Mm -hmm. um Um, the i will also say the other one i watched was the dark secret behind quirky romantic comedies and this is a pretty anodyne joke. It's just like manic pixie dream girls in a mental hospital. Yeah. But what I, I kind of liked about it is how mean and sexist they push it. Like they <laughs> yeah. make it 
really, really dark and really vicious. Yeah, yeah it, like, by the end, it's like, if a girl likes it when a guy makes her a mixtape, that means that she's, you know, a brain-dead whore. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's really, really, like, it's it's almost impossible to describe, like, they have the woman just, like, all of them are playing, like, a parody of Temple Grandin or something in the episode. Yes. <laughs> it's really really unsettling that a woman wrote this it's it reminds me of fucking mean girls and how when you rewatch mean girls you realize oh this is the most sexist movie ever made yeah yeah i will say that like the ones that you didn't watch um were much worse uh oh, okay esther did you watch the one called worst police sketch artist ever i did i didn't think that one was that bad see i it, it may just be because like i watched a couple of these like um I, I went through all of these and only, like, highlighted about, like, five of them. But, like, there's a couple where, like, the joke is that just, like, Katie is being the most annoying person possible for, like, five minutes, right? Um, and it does great on you eventually. Um, and it seems like what she kind of, like, resorts to as, like, a fallback when she doesn't have a better idea. But, like, she does have better ideas every so often. Um, so, like, I, I don't want to just, like, you know, completely rag on her. But we're going to continue ragging on her because we're going to talk about After Hours now. After Hours, I believe, is like the most popular video series they had. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have any like hard data to back me up. I need to look into that later. But I do think that After Hours was like the runaway success show that they had. It's definitely what I think about when I think about Crack.com. Yeah, no, it's literally like it shot at a fucking diner in Los Feliz. So they like had to get rights for it and like production values for it and everything. Mm -hmm. It feels the closest to like an actual TV show uh, or not TV show, but like an actual comedy central show out of all the stuff we talked about. And it, uh, it, it's not good because it's just cracked articles read aloud, but less funny. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is just the format of cracked articles, but they put, like Seinfeld on top of it, basically. It is, it is, honestly, I think it's the least bad thing. The the least, you know, the most inoffensive thing of all of these videos in this episode. Yeah, I'm on Esther's side here. I, I, I think After Hours is fine. Like, it is, it, it slides directly off my brain, but it is like, they were clearly, they were in their bag when they were making After Hours because <laughs> this is just what they're good at. In, you know, or what, what they were the least bad at, at least. Yeah. It's just, like, you know, pointing out plot holes and, like, weird things you never considered about 80s movies in a format that is just, like, friends shooting the shit. It's it's very TV tropes. It's very, like... Oh, some of it is about, like, plot holes and, like, secret darker reads that you never realized. But, like, a lot of it is also just, like, hey, have you noticed that, like, four different movies do this specific thing? And some of it is, like, really thin justifications. Like, what do they say for, like, um, stereotypes that still show up in movies is, like, oh, every gay person is a wise mentor at this point. And it's, like, I, they give, like, three examples of that. And, like, two of them I look at and I'm, like, no, not really. I, I don't think that, like, you get to count, like, the Harvey Firestein, like, guest appearance on The Simpsons in, like, 1991 to talk about, like, you know... The, the climate in 2010. You know what I think of when I think of a wise mentor on TV? <laughs> Gustavo Fring. That is a, that is a real... <laughs> he was very wise. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a real magical gay man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, 
I think I got off on the wrong foot because the first one of these is called Why Back to the Future is Secretly Horrifying. And I would like pay a considerable sum of money to never hear uh, like these types of nerds talk about Back to the Future ever again. Mm. Because they always just repeat like the same three things. And it's like literally any any time travel movie will have this problem since time travel is not fucking real and it's not fucking possible they just like do the same thing it's like oh uh, marty doesn't even know his parents at the end oh did you know that like he stole rock and roll from a black guy but now a white guy invented it in this universe or whatever it's like yeah man i i i I heard this from my fucking high school english teacher too like this is I, I, I just cannot stand this type of bullshit. And it was in so many fucking cracked articles. Every single one just had a Back to the Future discussion. Was like, I, I love really... that your high school English teacher was ragging on Back to the Future. <laughs> no, I mean, he loved Back to the Future is the thing. Mm-hmm. But he, like, before, I like he I think he prefaced, like, the Johnny B. Good scene saying, like, okay, this is the only scene that I have a real problem with because it implies that a white guy invented rock and roll or whatever. And I'm like, shut up. Yeah. I feel that. One thing that you do definitely notice about a couple of these is that just like the connections that they make are just really trying to stretch it. Um, You know, like they talk about how like Keanu Reeves is the perfect action star. They call him Keanu first off. Um, Not not doing that basic bit of like checking how it's pronounced, but they say he's like the perfect action star because he's so like blank and whatnot. And they make this point that like, oh, you never actually like quote the protagonists in any of these movies you always like quote the sidekick but it's like no people quote neo all the time or like they did you know when those movies had like more cultural impact they would say like whoa into keanu voice or they would say i know kung fu or whatnot right um yeah so there's just a, a lot here where it's just like you you kind of wait for the riff to run its course a little bit because they're like okay well they've decided that this is something that is true 100 percent of the time and for the video to go this way they have to just like keep pretending like that but you know it's i think the thing that makes this like the least offensive part to me is that there's like four consistent characters in it and so like like esther said you do get a bit of like seinfeld tossed on top of it right it's much much yes. worse than seinfeld but you do get a bit of sense of like oh these are like people that have traits that like make consistent jokes that you get to like enjoy just a little bit. Um, you could do a lot worse than that as far as these videos. Yeah, I will say I did enjoy the episode called Why Peter Pan is Propaganda for Perverts mm. um, because I did not know that I did not know that the author of Peter Pan was a pedophile. And I just want to say author of Alice in Wonderland, also a pedophile. There's so many of those. Yeah. It's, uh, it's such That's a funny the better known one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, the Peter Pan one fucking got me, though, especially his uh, family member saying he wasn't attracted to men, women or children. (laughs) That was a pretty funny fight. He hates everyone equally. (laughs) Yeah, no. Oh, I also got to say, just to return to Does Not Compute, uh, in, in one of the episodes, they talk about like most insane Internet personalities. And they talk about a few that like, you know, had a fucking like, Terrence Malick flashback seeing them like uh Boxy came up yeah. Boxy he was riffing on Boxy <laughs> but the one that really got me was fucking Copper Cab showing up that was a real like man the sands of time has just they've just gone by if you all don't remember Copper Cab he was this 
guy on YouTube who was clearly doing this for attention. He was just this ginger kid who was like pretending to get mad at shit for attention. Mm -hmm. And the, the section that they had was like him. It was, they like edited. So him and this girl were talking about does penis size matter. And now that I'm older and know that this guy is clearly just doing this on purpose. It is so fucking funny. Just saying like him going like girl, it's been scientifically proven that girls can only feel like two inches. They've done studies on this. Yeah. If, if I could just uh, add on to that a little bit, like it's something that Swim just seemed to not realize that like a lot of these were sort of like in on what he perceives as a joke. Um, like there's another one where it's like this, um, you know, like a uh, uh, thirst trap, like frankly, like soft porn YouTuber um, called like Hannah Minx who would like do these Japanese lesson videos that were clearly just like an excuse for her to like, you know, get people to masturbate to her, right? And Swaim just like spends several like parts of that episode because she's like the cutaway gag for that one, basically, right? It's like the clips of, you know, is my co-host. Um, and he just keeps being baffled where it's like, she's not teaching that much Japanese in this. And it's like, no, like, that is the point. Like, nobody who is like clicking on those videos, like, did it deliberately to um you know learn japanese she's not trying to teach japanese everyone knows the score about this except you apparently yes a hundred percent finally we've got to talk about the last series in this bunch that was stuff that must have happened and this one is also like pretty harmless but it, it gets kind of interminable fast uh the first one is called stuff that must have happened the little mermaid cover approval where they talk about, like, the poster for The Little Mermaid having, like, a secret penis on it. Yeah. It's pretty standard cracked stuff or whatever. It's it's pretty... I don't know. I did laugh at the punchline where they spend, like, five minutes arguing about, like, okay, there is a penis on the cover. And then at the very end, they say, I'm not changing it. It's like, fine, whatever. Yeah. That That is a solid little punchline. The one that was more interminable was the worst decision ever made in the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, people have made the core joke of, like, LMAO, why is there an evil house, like, since those books came out, right? But this just, like, kind of drags that out to the most, like, it feels very, like, high school, uh, like, film project that you're making for a class type thing. Um, where, like, you, you think that the, the joke that can sustain this whole thing is to have the, the evil guy say, like, ah, yes, I love murder. I mean fun um just for like five minutes yep. in a row um just unbelievably boring a lot of these are just jokes that have already been made jokes that have already been made on crack.com probably yeah and yeah. they just like turn it into a sketch feature the thing that i was gonna note with the little mermaid cover specifically and then also one more that's about like what must have happened when they pitched the idea for mount rushmore is that like these rely on you to be just like immersed in crack.com knowledge and opinions to begin with, right? Like the Little Mermaid poster one, they don't really like do a good job of like showing you the alleged dick on the poster. So it's like, yep. If you're not already somebody who like has seen a photoplasty with that and who talks about it constantly, then like it's not really going to land for you the same way. And then the Mount Rushmore one, it's like, it's all just about, like, you have to already have bought into the mindset of, like, Mount Rushmore is epic bacon, American history is badass, Teddy Roosevelt could, you know, like, fight a bear with his bare hands. 
um yes like you have to be bought into it so much and these are just like the the most basic companion pieces to things that you already believe if you're the crack.com reader yeah and i think that's why after hours was the most successful out of all of these because it's it's not a sketch show really it's Mm -hmm. not they're not like doing skits they're they're staying in their lane and as kind of interminable as i found a lot of after hours to be like it's the best for cracked generally like these people they their their ability to like kind of tease out like entire mr show style sketches is just very very limited but with after hours they have like like we said before they have the backbone to riff on they have like the pop culture stuff they can dish out on and it provides like a nice like solid architecture for them to build off of so i i think that you know even though i i didn't really like it i i've come around to agree with you all that it is probably the most successful of this video era that that being said i think the stuff that must have happened video that's about the last guy to wear a hitler mustache is probably the best video overall that we watched for this episode oh i really like tell me about it tell me about it um just the joke is like this guy you know in the 19 1938 or something is like brought in by his employers and like you gotta you gotta shave that mustache you know haven't you been hearing what's been going on and he just clearly has no idea it's and like, then no, i don't read the news as it elab- as it goes on it's like he has the hitler haircut too <laughs> <laughs> and he, what the the, the the lie that really got me is uh at one point he's like so i have to change how i look because this guy what stole a bike or something <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that one was pretty good. I like that. It one. does feel like a low, like um, one of the the worst ones, but it does feel like a low level. I think you should leave sketch. Like that idea of like I have to change what I'm doing because this yeah. guy stole a bag. Like yeah, for sure. That feels like a line that could be in like you know the the less memorable parts of a better show. I also want to say a good example of that joke being done better. Uh, Ron Mail from Sparks had the Hitler mustache for like five years in the seventies, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> And then they addressed it on the song Mustache, where he said that when he wore that mustache, his Jewish friends would never call him. <laughs> That's like um, the classic post when um, when James Harden was seen wearing a uh, like Punisher police face mask, Blue Lives Matter mask, and a young thug said, he don't have internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Overall, though, the, the transition from like the earlier stuff, the production values definitely step up a little bit. But the writing doesn't a ton like that. That's I think that's the big takeaway here is that this is still very similar to the really early stuff, just with better cameras. It yeah. doesn't look like it, it was shot in HD rather than SD. That's basically the only difference. Yeah, you're not and doing the I, Gladstone thing anymore where it's like recorded out of potato and you like the posture that you appear to have in the video, like seems like it would hurt to do for more than three minutes. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> I I wish that I I wish we watched more Gladstone videos for this episode because Hate by Numbers, man, that was such a treat. Hate by Numbers is incredible. Swain just seems to rag on Gladstone repeatedly in the course of does not compute. Yeah, I I he does. He like steals one of Gladstone's bits in the episode. Uh, and it's like done in a way that it's like, oh, there's just coworkers having a laugh, but it feels a little more mean spirited than that. Maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part. Yeah. But he he like really rips into him there. 
And he doesn't even invite Gladstone on to, like, get mad at him on the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that I was thinking. If this was, like, nostalgia critic stuff, then, like, the person that whose bit he's taking would show up at a little guest spot and be like, you know, how dare you? And, like, you know, say something epic. Uh, but he doesn't even have Gladstone on. He he didn't care that much to just like give him the guest spot. He's just like, no, I'm gonna steal your music. I'm gonna steal your bit, um, and then I'm gonna call you a pussy. Yeah, no, it, it's it's very very funny how just in my head that he was just at the very very bottom of this this fucking uh, circuit, which does does seem true because when I talked to a guy who worked for Cracked and I told him the Gladstone knows, like the stuff about Gladstone being a creep, he was like, really? I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, nobody knew who he was, really. He would just show up sometimes. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, that is it for the Cracked video era, part two. Uh, join us next week. Um, so after this, Cracked is really going to pivot hard into doing more serious writing and serious journalism they are going to turn into a mix of like the mary sue and vice news coming up very soon and one of the strangest pivots in internet history one that i think is kind of under discussed but i am excited to dig more into that where they talk about scientology and gamergate so look forward to that next episode other than that bye bye everyone bye, bye.